Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Senator Brakey joins me now. Talking about all the happenings and the ins and outs up in Augusta. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Happy to be here today. Good to have you back. I saw you had some uh, visitors last week. Uh, the girls from uh, Central Maine Community College brought their trophy up. Oh, absolutely. Big accomplishment there. Yeah, that's uh, always good. Isn't it nice to be able to spotlight your community up there yeah, when, when they come up? It, it really is one of my favorite parts of the job when folks in the community come up to the state house and get to uh, you get you get to welcome people up there. And, and of course, usually when they're coming up to the state house, it's because they've managed to uh, do something very impressive, like like uh, like these these uh, w- young women did. So good, good for them, and glad we were able to recognize them. You know, it, it, the uh, number one uh, thing that you really uh, hit on in your in your first uh, your first term was welfare reform, and I know there's still some stuff you want to do on that. Read the other day about looking to cap general assistance benefits at nine months, and my first question to you is: there wasn't a cap on this stuff already? You know, the general assistance the general assistance welfare program was created and intended to be kind of the the safety net of last resort. And it was supposed to be there for very short-term, acute uh, emergency scenarios that may arise. Uh, but that's not the way this program is functioning today. It's, it was, uh, you, you actually you, you have to apply for this every month because it's supposed to be only you need it for a month here and a month there. But you have cases where people are showing up every single month and they are using general assistance benefits continuously for years. Um, that's not what this program was intended to do. Uh, and so I do have a bill in that would cap that at nine months within a five-year period. If you are someone who is able-bodied and uh, uh, without dependence and capable of work. Uh, if you're able-bodied and, and, and you're capable of work and you don't have dependents to take care of, there is no reason to be on well, taxpayer finance welfare benefits continuously, indefinitely going on forever. We, we are a generous people, uh, and we have these programs to catch people when they fall. Uh, but at a certain point, uh, we need to be making sure these programs are a hand up, not a handout. We need to really be encouraging people to stand on their own two feet when they are able to. You know, I was just reading a thing uh, today about how Maine male participation in the labor force has declined by 10 percentage points since 1970. So that, it sounds to me like that might be part of the reason why. Uh, very well could be. And I, I will say, you know, we've had we've had similar reforms in other welfare programs where we've seen tremendous benefits. I know that when the when the governor uh, put into effect the uh, work requirements around the food stamp program, we, we saw that uh, a, a year later, able bodied adults without dependents, their uh personal income had increased by over 100% in a year's time. You know, sometimes sometimes, sometimes when someone is capable of doing more, you need to give them a little push. And, and they can do great things once, once they uh, are, are, have freed themselves from dependency on, on the taxpayers. 
Senator Eric Brakey joins us. Coming up, we'll be talking about uh, some bills he's looking to pass this semester and, uh, or whatever you want to call it, this term, term, <laughs> sometimes semester. It fe- sometimes it feels like, sometimes quarter. it feels that way. I mean, my, yeah. my sophomore year at, at the <laughs> School of the Legislature. That would be great. I'd love to see all of you guys on a spring break thing in Cancun or something. That'd be great. <laughs> spring break photos from the legislature. I, I d- think it might be a disturbing I thing to see. I feel like that might go over like a lead balloon with some folks. <laughs> 715, 44 degrees, Maine's Big Z. Green Day, still breathing Maine's Big Z, more music, better variety. Senator Brakey continues with us now. Uh, let's talk about the uh, constitutional amendment on the referendum process, because it seems like referendums can tend to get us into trouble <laughs> around here. Well, yeah, I'm happy to do that. I just sub- uh, submitted, uh, with bipartisan support, a, a legislative proposal for a constitutional amendment to our state constitution. Uh and what this would do would establish a process whereby if a proposed referendum that's submitted, uh, there is a question about the constitutionality of the proposal, particularly if that proposal seeks to restrict the, the constitutional rights of, of, the, of Maine citizens, uh, those rights that are specifically declared in our state constitution. It would create a process whereby the governor, the attorney general, the legislature, or uh, or the citizens of the state of Maine by, by petition could r- request the Supreme Court to weigh in and determine the constitutionality of the proposal before it goes on the ballot. And if the Supreme Court were to determine that it was unconstitutional, that it would restrict the citizens' constitutional rights uh, or violate the state constitution in some other manner, then it wouldn't go on the ballot. And the reason for this is we've kind of seen our referendum process be hijacked by special interests, largely from out of state. Uh, And when we put particular rights into our state constitution, declaring that Maine citizens have, you know, you know, the rights that we have, declaring very specific ones there that, that are elevated, our constitutional rights as individuals, as citizens of Maine, should not be subject to a majority rule process. You know, that's the value of living in a constitutional republic versus a pure democracy. In a constitutional republic, it doesn't matter if 50% plus one wants to vote your rights away. A constitutional republic exists to protect the rights of the minority. And that's why we have these rights in the Constitution. So, uh, I want to create a process to protect that, and I'm very glad to have submitted this legislation. Uh, we have bipartisan uh, bipartisan co-sponsorship on both Republicans and Democrats have signed on, and it's going to go through the committee process now, be subject to review, and up for a public hearing in probably a few weeks' time. We are talking with Senator Eric Brakey. Um, you know, this is uh, one of the things, too, where you know we, we look at a couple of different things, and you know, you're, you're big into uh, to liberty and, and big into uh, rights and, and freedoms and things. Uh, I know civil yeah, asset Liberty forf- for the little guy. That's, yeah. my, that's my motto. Civil asset forfeiture, I know, is a, a, a big uh, pulpit of yours. Um, we're going to talk about that on the way. Senator Brakey's in this hour. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z. We continue now with State Senator Eric Brakey. Talking about things uh, going on up at Augusta right now. Uh, civil asset forfeiture, we kind of led into it in the last break. And uh, let's pick up where we left off with that. I know you've got some stuff in the coming down the pipeline for that. Let's explain what that is for folks that might not know. 
Sure. So I, I have a bill in right now uh, on civil asset forfeiture reform, and, and this might be an unfamiliar concept for some people, so I'm, I'm happy to try to explain what it is. Civil asset forfeiture is essentially where the government can steal your stuff on the mere suspicion that uh, it may have been com connected to a crime, never having to prove that it actually was, but just on the suspicion that it may have been. Uh, and to kind of illustrate the problem here, uh, you know, there was a, um, a case back in 2014, a young 24-year-old uh, named Charles Clark, who essentially he lost his entire life savings. He had uh, $11,000 in cash. He happened to be in an area where uh, no physical branches of his bank were close to him. So he kept, he kept everything kind of in his home. And when he was in the process of him and his mother were moving, uh, he happened to be in an airport and law enforcement uh, ended up searching his bag and found the $11,000 there. Um, they never charged him with a crime. They never, uh, he was never convicted of anything, but they took his $11,000, his entire life savings. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's civil asset forfeiture. Uh, and this has been a problem. It is a problem in all 50 states. It's a problem uh, on the federal level. Uh, and, and the biggest problem is the government can take your property without ever having convicted you of a crime. And that denies us as citizens the rightful due process that we are owed uh, under our legal system. You know, that's why this uh, practice of civil asset forfeiture has been called uh, by many the, the most controversial practice in, in our criminal justice system. So I have a bill in that would do essentially three things. One, it would require that if the government is going to uh, seize your property under, under asset forfeiture, uh, that you have to be convicted of a crime in connection with that property, first and foremost. Uh, several other states have raised, their, uh, raised uh, their practices to this standard. I think that here in Maine we should follow suit. Um, it would also uh, eliminate the practice which we see many states doing, including here in Maine, of, um, of circumventing state law by having the federal government do uh, civil asset forfeiture uh, for you. Uh, that's that's um, something we see happening when, when people don't like the, the state laws, the state protections that are in place for the citizens. Uh, the federal government does not have those same standards, and so just have a federal agency take take the person's property in, instead, and then you do a revenue share, and the and the and the uh, uh, the local agencies get a cut of that. That's not appropriate. And then it would also require that all uh, property seized under civil asset forfeiture uh, that there be a database, the publicly available database, that we could all look this up. It really is, uh, you know, Arizona enacted some very strong protections for their citizens, uh, similar to which my legislation is, is modeled off of. And uh, I think taking people's property is a very serious act. Uh, taking someone's life savings, taking their vehicle. Uh, people should not have to be afraid of their government if they have not con uh, been uh, convicted of a crime. We are talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. Coming up, that'll dovetail right into criminal justice reform. And then we'll brush on a big announcement that was made recently. Breakfast Club, Mains Big Z, 742, 46 degrees. 
Maine's Big Z, more music, better variety. Wrapping up with uh, Senator Eric Brakey. Talked about the stuff going on up in Auburn. We talked about civil asset for, uh, forfeiture last segment. That dovetails right into criminal justice reform, which I know is something that's on your docket. Absolutely. I, I have a bill in right now that's working its way through the process, uh, which would create an opportunity for individuals who have in the past been convicted of a uh, of certain nonviolent crimes that, uh, by their nature, are are not crimes that would have uh, targeted certain, especially vulnerable populations like children or, or our seniors. So we're talking about very specific, limited nonviolent crimes. Um, five years after finishing your term, if you have not reoffended, uh, been in been in. Uh, uh, been in trouble with the law again, and you can demonstrate to the court that convicted you that you are uh, you are kind of on your way and, and, and you're reformed, it would give an opportunity for an individual to have their records sealed so that they can move on with their lives. You know, we, we, there's actual data that shows that uh, five years out when someone has, uh, has kind of been on the straight and narrow for five years, the, the recidivism rate is actually lower than people uh, who've never been convicted of crime a uh, crime in the past because five years out people have 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 uh, if they've been able to do that consistently for five years they've worked to reform their ways and they also have that past experience that they don't want to repeat again uh, and so you actually find uh, stats have found that there is less danger of people uh, um, uh, committing crimes when they have that past experience and they've been they've been clean for five years, so yeah. I, I was going to say there's uh, earlier this month, according to the Maine Department of Corrections, there are almost 2,200 Maine men in in prisons. I'm not sure how how it is total. Um, it, is I'm just kind of rolling through some things here, and uh, it, it just sounds like there could be a lot of stuff uh, freed up w- with w- folks. Well, it is a, you know, and it, I, so you're right. It's a problem that's even beyond just what I'm trying to do in this in this piece of legislation. Uh, we we have a lot of people in jail, uh, in jail and in prison, and uh, both here in, in Maine, but but this is a, a nationwide problem. And in a lot of times, people are in jail for nonviolent drug crimes, which people can make a, a lot of stupid mistakes with drugs, and and particularly these hard drugs, you can really r- ruin your life. Um, but I think that sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that. The, the best possible, uh, the first place we need to go is to throw someone in jail for making a stupid, a stupid mistake with drugs in their own personal life. Um, myself, personally, I, I think it's, it's uh, far better to try to give people treatment and get people help. I think that, uh, one, it's less costly to the, t- treatment is a lot less costly to the taxpayer. It's much more fiscally conservative to support treatment over incarceration. Um, uh, but also keeping the, the person in mind, you know, this is an actual human being who we, who we are supposedly, we have this lo- these laws in place because we care for them and we want to try to uh, help people uh, avoid making mistakes with dangerous drugs. Um, I, I, the, just the system we have right now, the amount of money we're, we're, we're putting into warehousing people, it's something we, we really should, should be co- considering if that's the best way to do it. I always feel like anytime anything goes bad, the first thing that we do is look to create a law. 
Like anytime there's any type of tragedy on any type of level, we have to immediately come down harder on the people that either broke the law or found the loophole that wasn't a law so that we can really get them. I mean, it, are we just starting to get to the, the end of the avalanche on that? <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think you're 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 on to something there. I know I see it in, in the legislature. You're right. Every time something comes up, every time something bad happens in the world, we we need to pass a law to look like we're doing something about it. Right. Um, but oftentimes there are already laws on the books. Right. Uh, and we could just enforce the laws that we have. And, and sometimes also it's it's difficult to admit sometimes. I think in, in the government we like to think we have all the answers. But sometimes there just is not a government answer to a particular problem. Sometimes those solutions need to come from other places. They need to come from, uh, they co- need to come from the community. They need to come from nonprofits. Uh, they need to come from charitable work. Uh, some some problems have a government answer. Some pro- some problems don't. Talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. Of course, you made an announcement this week. You're uh, you're planning on uh, run uh, running for uh, running against uh, Angus King uh, in the year after next. Um, any any changes uh, to what you're going to be doing here for us? Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, while uh, while representing us up in Augusta. Well, no, I am I am a hundred percent committed to doing my job as as the state senator for the people of Auburn, New Gloucester, Poland, Mine, and Mechanic Falls. I'm showing up to work every day. I'm doing doing my job just as just as hard, if not harder than before. Um, at the same time, I have also launched a campaign to run against Senator Angus King for the United States Senate in 2018. Uh, we got started early because I'm a, uh, you know, this is going to be an underdog campaign against a guy who's uh, been an established politician for for decades in this state, and that's going to mean we need we need to get started early to do the do the campaign fundraising and building the the campaign infrastructure. We need to get our message out to the to the people all across the state. So I'm uh, I'm going to be doing double duty there and. Uh, looking forward to continue representing the people of my district and seeking the opportunity of representing the people of the state of Maine uh, in order to advocate for liberty for the little guy against the kings of Washington who just want to tell us how to live our lives and how to spend our money. And I think the Maine people are ready for something different. State Senator Eric Brakey joins us each month here on The Breakfast Club. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, Matt. Anytime. More on the way, Maine's Big Z. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.